It's the Alexandra and Friends podcast, and we're covering the everyday issues of life, health, and wealth. And as always, we have a great panel of experts with us. Here is your host, Alexandra Fincher. Good evening. This is Alexandra and Friends 660 The Answer. Thank you so much for coming to listen to our show again this Saturday night, as we do every Saturday night at 10 p.m. on 660 AM The Answer. So this show is brought to you by Miller Title, Roberto Perez. My co-host here is Billy Tatum tonight. Good evening. Good evening. And of course, our producer, Michael Clark. (laughs) We're going to take just a second here this evening. First of all, I want to thank our producer, not a producer, but our um, Miller title, Roberto Perez, for giving us the privilege of being able to sponsor this show. And we're going to take just a few minutes to have the Clark children give us the Pledge of Allegiance this evening. I pledge allegiance to the flag of the United States of America and to the republic for which it stands, one nation, under God, indivisible, with liberty and justice for all. This evening, we have an amazing show. We have a musical uh, show about wonderful dancing, and we're going to let our young ladies that are here this evening tell you all about it. With the Anita Martinez Ballet Folklorico. So we're just going to kind of chat a little bit. I want to check with uh, Billy, see what he's been doing all this week. Billy, what you, what did you do all weekend? Um, I've been very busy because this is the busiest time of the year for foundation repairs. And as you know, I work for Structured Foundation Repairs. And uh, we we do work for homeowners and real estate agents and commercial properties. So we, uh, we've we been very busy. I haven't been getting home till 7 o'clock in the evening at times, you know, doing five or six inspections a day. So... Very good. Um, no time for fun stuff, except you, Alexandra. Well, I'm my, my real estate business, thank goodness, is very, very busy. Commercial side is extraordinary. And, of course, I do so many other things in besides real estate, so I enjoy my life very much. And I enjoy having our radio show. And we're missing Courtney because her mom is still very ill. I read her update on Facebook yes, last night. Yes, yes. So we need to keep our prayers for her mom, and hopefully she'll be back for the next show because we really miss her. We don't have yeah. anyone to be Reading her post, it sounds like it's important that she's there with her mom. Yes, I don't know is. if you read it that. Is. Yes, I read She's been that, fighting yeah. for her mom, yeah. And I also sent her a message to tell her that you're on TikTok now, Billy. Oh, my gosh. That's what she wants us to do. I guess I'll have to add her. I'll Alexander Prince is going on TikTok, too. <laughs> so just let me know. Liz is putting us on TikTok. <laughs> Our group should have brought some dancers so we could TikTok it today. Actually, yes. Yes. So uh, I'm going to introduce two very wonderful ladies who work for the ballet for Anita Martinez Ballet Folklorico. Anita Martinez is an amazing lady. I had the pleasure of meeting her many years ago when she was running for um, city councilwoman in uh, in Dallas, Texas. And I I can tell you, and I used to go to her restaurants to eat also. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Anita Martinez is is uh, a woman that um, is extraordinary. Uh, she was uh, one of the. Um, I remember Annette Strauss, who, who was the mayor of Dallas, and Anita and myself. We, we did a lot of a lot of wonderful programs together, and it was an, an amazing time in our life because Dallas used to be very. Uh, they brought the international scene to Dallas because we didn't have those things, and those two women were opened the uh, the international side of Dallas. So I'm excited to have these two young ladies here today. Lisa Mesa, you're the executive executive director of uh, Anita Martinez Ballet Folklorico. Yes. Or is it a different name? No, it's the Anita and Bar- uh, Martinez Ballet Folklorico. And yes. then Alejandra? Uh, yes, Alexandra. I Hernandez. said Alexandra, or just like me, huh? Yes. Oh, Alexandra, what is your last name? Hernandez. Hernandez. So 
Tell me, any, uh, I want to talk a little bit about Lisa. Lisa, what are your position with, uh, with the uh, Ballet Folklorico? Yeah, so my position is the executive director. I've been with the organization for almost 10 years. Uh, prior to that, I was on the board of directors for about uh, three years. So I've been a part of the organization for a long time. And uh, we do a lot of exciting um, shows and educational um programming in Dallas and um, Texas, and we do travel uh, for shows, and we're very glad to be here this morning. Well, thank you. And Alejandra, Alexandra, what about you? Yes, yeah, so I'm the artistic director of the company. Um, I've been with the company for about six, almost seven years, um, and I've worked in a lot of different capacities. I was a dancer at one point and wow. um, teaching. Um, but now I get to do uh, more of the creative process and um, kind of structuring our programs, what we're presenting. And then Lisa's the glue that keeps us together, make sure wow. that we stay on yeah. deadlines and don't get, you know, out in creative world and come back. So well, it's we're gonna... a little hot that glue's melting a little. So. Oh, good. <laughs> well, we're going to talk this evening about the organization, what you all do, about the mariachis, about what uh, people can actually call and, and book this amazing groups to come and play and, and, or dance. So we are going to have an exciting evening and explain to them what the Ballet Folklorico is also, because Billy didn't know nothing about it. I didn't, but I'm sitting here reading a lot and this, uh, Anita Martinez sounds great. You know, the first, uh, first Hispanic persons voted to the Dallas city council. So, and if any of you are interested, they have a website, it's a N M B F and that's, for Anita N. Martinez, Ballet Folklorio. I'm not going to say it the people that can uh, understand it my way. <laughs> oh, sounds like, sounds like, no sounds matter like how corny. well I say it, <laughs> sounds like Alexandra corny. will tear me apart on this. So <laughs> I'm just going to say it the way that people who may not understand it. <laughs> well, one of the exciting things is that Anita Martinez was born in a poor area of Dallas. Mm-hmm. And, and uh, she came from that poor segment of Dallas and where, is she, where she is today, she's an icon. Yes. And so this is something I'm going to bring is people say when you're poor, you can't do those things. Honestly, when you're poor, you can do more because it's your power of being able to show that you can do it. And I think um, she was an amazing woman. She's also was married to Alfredo Martinez, who is the owner of El Phoenix. Oh. Where Love that place. Billy goes to eat his enchiladas. I'm gonna tell you right now, their chips are amazing. I, I heard I heard a secret about how they cook their chips. I'm not gonna broadcast it out for the world, but it's genius. They just there's like cotton candy tortilla chips. They just dissolve in your mouth, but they're still so crispy. That's my favorite place to eat chips and salsa at. Yeah, so. they just celebrated 103 years. Oh. We performed uh, for them, celebrating that big milestone just a couple of weeks ago. So your group performed for that right. anniversary. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah, it's hard for me to pass in El Phoenix. <laughs> wow, well, we're so excited. So we're going to talk a little bit about all those things. So, and Billy's going to talk about chips the no, rest of the morning. I no, can tell. but now I'm, <laughs> I know where I'm probably going to eat today. Now we're talking about it. Yeah. Are you inviting us? Um, I'll, I'll, if you can fit into my schedule. <laughs> <laughs> well, we're so glad to have you here this evening. We appreciate you taking your time because I know you're so busy. So, um, Lisa, tell us about. The organization, tell us about what what it consists of and what is it that brings so such a wonderful uh, to the young children about the music. Tell us a little bit about that. 
Great. So our organization, we start dancers um, as young as three years old, and sometimes that'll be in classical ballet or ballet folklorico. And then our students uh, and dancers range all the way up to mature dancers that, uh, you know, are not the age of your typical dancer. But the unique thing about our organization is that we have multi-generational families that dance. We have one family in particular that we have the grandmother, the daughter, and then the grandchildren. So you have three generations of dancers in a family that believe in what we do as an organization, but as a family enjoy performing and being a part of the organization and sharing those traditions of Mexico um, that we do. And they are the lifeblood of what the organization does. And as a conduit to that is we get to share um, these positive role models about what um, Mexican uh, culture has made in this community and in the United States. And we use it as an educational opportunity um, to show the vibrancy and the richness of our culture. So, uh, so um, just for Billy's sake, uh, (laughs) because you know, some, the thing about it is a lot of people do not know, you know, I have tons of questions. Yeah. You have tons of questions. I do. Go ahead and ask them. We're ready. Because you you didn't even know what I was talking about last night. No, no, I looked it up and, I didn't find much because I didn't know you guys website, but you know, I'm looking now and I'm just interested, you know, how many students do you have? How old are they? And, and how do people sign up? Or are you, are you interested? Are you, do you have a lot of men in the group or boys that are interested in this or? We always need men and boys. Yeah. Uh, we have a lot of girls. Um, my son danced uh, with us for many years, but we are always actively recruiting uh, men and boys into the program. Um, but like I said, we do have a family, so it's nice when you have siblings, um, that are dancing referral Uh, kind of thing. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, we have a lot of, um, extended family cousins, um, that dance in the same group, but yeah, so we're, uh, actively, uh, recruiting dancers. We're still doing registration for a little while longer. Some of our Tell people how they register, where they find you. Yeah. Uh, for our registration, you can either register on our website, anmbf.org. Um, there's a tab that says classes. Uh, this Saturday is our last Saturday for registration. Um, we also have the registration link available on our Facebook. So you can go on our Facebook. Um, I believe we have the post pinned on the top and you can still register. Um, we are doing limited class um, limited class sizes due to the pandemic. Okay. Um, so we do still have some availability specifically in our teen and adult class, which meets on Saturdays. And most of our classes meet on Saturdays and they're all beginner um, level classes. Okay. So you do classes on the weekends. Mm -hmm. All right. What about like, do you have any after school programs or. um... Uh, So at the moment we are still not back in schools. Um, We have one after school program that we're doing out in Terrell, Texas um, for three weeks. Um, But for DISD, we're currently not back in schools yet. So you guys are having issues with the COVID stuff too, like everyone else, right? Are you requiring masks during your classes and performances or just Yes. So for all of our classes, we do require masks. We do have a policy of like one chaperone per family. Um, and we're still doing temperature checks because we yeah. um, we work with mostly kids. I know. imagine when you're dancing, you're getting close to each other. So you want to make sure that's safe. OK, so that's that'll bring some peace to people who want to yeah. bring their kids up or come up themselves. OK, Alexandra. So what is you are artistic producer, um, director, director. 
So what is your, what do you actually, I want to explain to the people that don't know about the ballet folklorico, what is it? What is, it's not like dancing with little tiptoes. This is music that entails mariachis, that entails uh, watango. I mean, all these wonderful things. Tell us a little bit about what you do to make this happen. Right. So um, Ballet Focorico, for those uh, who might not know too much about it, is traditional Mexican folk dances. So we take dances from different states of Mexico. You know, the most common known one would be Jalisco, where we perform with mariachi or mariachi music. And it's the dresses that are really colorful and they have a lot of ribbon on them. Um, and so that's kind of our most representative region or uh, genre of dance that we perform. Um, and then everything else um, we take, we try to bring different states that people might not be as familiar with um, or bring in different regions to kind of diversify the image of Mexico. So uh, for me, a lot of my job is um, focused around the creative programming. So what kind of programming um, are we bringing? What are what regions are we highlighting? What dances do we want people to see? What kind of costumes do we want to show on stage? I'm Billy with Alexandra and Friends, and today we're here with Lisa and Alexandra from the Ballet Folklorico in Dallas. And uh, we want to get a little more information about what this is and the, the uh, Hispanic heritage behind it. And uh, I had a quick question, though. I, I was going through all your classes, and I see you've got the mariachi and these other things. And then you have a Zumba class that kind of threw me off. What's that about? Yeah. So Zumba has been a part of our programming for many years. We even do uh, Zumba kids, but right now uh, we are having a partnership with AARP Mm -hmm. um, who's really been a lifesaver for us uh, during the pandemic coming in to sponsor these programs uh, for us. But the Zumba uh, gold, uh, is really a geared towards uh, individuals that are 50 and older um, or have limited mobility that are able to do a reduced uh, cardio workout with our artistic associate, uh, Juan Jose, from Oaxaca, Mexico. And so we're really excited that we're able to bring uh, programming, online programming through Facebook Live and our website and YouTube channels to individuals that aren't able to get out and see us in person or have some kind of compromised okay. immune system that they can still participate in And exercise. through AARP, are they able to get special pricing or it's assistance? It's free. Oh, it's free. Yes, wow. AARP is offering this word, free. free. Can't yes. wait to get older. Yeah, <laughs> well, you don't, you know, you don't have to be older. It's just a more, it's a less rigorous workout than regular Zumba, but it's just kind of a reduced pace. So it's really for anyone that yeah. um, can't go full for, <clears throat> force in a regular Zumba class. So we're very grateful to AARP for offering these classes for free. That sounds interesting. Very, yeah. very good. One of the things that I love is that the Ballet Folklorico brings, uh, it's, brings the, um, young audiences to, to the richness of music. Music is fabulous. I think music just changes the, the way you feel about things, the way. So the, the lives of these young audiences of all ages, they, they really take the, at heart the music because have you ever, if you ever go to see one of their shows, you want to get up there and arts. dance. Oh, I my gosh. It. You know, those people have way more talent than I do, so it's enjoyable to watch them do those things. And, and their backgrounds yeah. are so diverse. You know, they, they come from different worlds, Puebla, Mexico, Yucatan, the United States, even, you know, from other countries. Are you getting uh, international uh, children, like, you know, from other countries to come and start learning to dance? Well, you 
when we would be uh, do uh, when we would be in school, we would have an opportunity to have a lot more international students participate. Uh, we used to do summer programming uh, with Dallas ISD, and uh, there's an area in Dallas called Vickery Meadows, and it's a very diverse region of of Dallas. And you know, if I if I'm correct, it's the most diverse population in any metropolitan area in Dallas in terms of mm-hmm. ethnicity. Mm-hmm. And one summer we had international students um, and it was very interesting because we then had other students that were serving as translators because they didn't necessarily speak Spanish. And, you know, we had children from Afghanistan, from Syria, from all different um, parts of the world. And, what the common ground was dance. And part of what we do is, you know, children are often told to be quiet. And the cool thing about folklorical, it's the percussion and the rhythmic sound of stomping your feet, right? Mm -hmm. So what kind of dance do you get rewarded and people clap at you for stomping your feet and making noise, right? It's fun to make those noises. It's a shock to the audience. I've, I've been in dances or seen dances, excuse me, that do that. And when they do that, it just, it gets your attention. It's, it's a, it's a perk of the dance. Um, so you're, so you're a very inclusive group, obviously. Right. right. That's awesome. Yeah. Um, And I was going through your pictures. I saw that. Yeah. It wasn't just all Hispanic people. This is for anyone that wants to dance. Well, and there's a lot, you know, because of the percussion and the rhythms and Alex can speak to this a little bit more specifically, but you know, there's a huge influence, uh, influence from Africa and the base of some of the music, particularly with regions like uh, Veracruz, that there's a lot of influence for the Afro Latino, um, base. And we use a lot of that in our performances. And Alex can speak a little bit about that. Yes, yeah. Alexandra, bring us on that information on that. <laughs> of course, yeah. So um, some of the coastal t- states, like uh, Lisa was talking out about Veracruz, uh, Guerrero, have a lot of uh, African influence because of the African slave trade. And so the people who ended up in those communities brought in their own cultures, their own food, their own instruments and then there's been a combination of those uh, two cultures fusing so specifically in harocho music um, there's a uh, instrument that is a donkey's jawbone that's used to for um, percussion um, and it's a really cool sound if, if you um, get I to see it or it. hear it yeah, yeah. Um, and we were doing research recently and it was actually from africa and um, over there it's a zebra it's the jawbone of a zebra Huh. Uh, but in Mexico, they had donkeys, so yeah, it was eventually interesting. Yeah. Yeah, a practical so, so application in there. Africa, they have the zebra, <laughs> yes, and in Mexico, they have the donkey, right. el burro, yes. Yeah. So basically, uh, a donkey with stripes. <laughs> yeah. So tell us a little bit more of the history of the these these styles of dances outside of that particular dance. What about mariachi? What's the history of that? How did that come to be? Yeah, so um, a lot of these traditions, dances or music, are based in indigenous communities. And then once we had um, Spanish influences, European influences come in, then those cultures fused together. So like Mayans had their stuff and the Aztecs had theirs. And then uh, Western worlds came in or Eastern worlds came over and influenced that. And here we are today. Yes. Yeah. So like if you go to northern Mexico, there's a lot of polkas. Um, so okay. a lot of like the tuba and the accordion, and those are all influences from German cultures. Mm-hmm. Um, if that we go sense. into mariachi music, so mariachi music was an originally just string instruments. So the violins, the guitar, the harana, uh, I'm sorry, the vihuela. 
And um, when we had more European influences, that's when the trumpets started getting added and the brass instruments. So those are not exactly traditional per se. See, that makes you that makes you watch those performances with a new concept, you know, a new a new appreciation of it. New appreciation. Very interesting. So, Alexandra, on your um, for you because of your artistic. So, what do you do actually? What does your job consist of? What do you do? You you go put the performances together, you bring the, the, the young dancers in, what is it that you actually develop? Um, so I do a lot of like, what is the creative programming? So proposing, you know, what do we want to focus on this year? What is our theme for this year? Um, so specifically uh, right now we are working on our day of the dead show. Um, so the for day, of the mm. day of the dead show. I love that stuff. Yeah. So if you've seen the movie Coco, <laughs> love that movie. <laughs> uh, if you've seen the movie Coco by Disney, that's, that's uh, kind of the holiday that we encompass. I've seen a lot of movies with day of the dead stuff in it. It's, it's so interesting. I want to go down there one day for that stuff. Well, you it should come see us on crazy. the 30th downtown at the Annette Strauss. The 30th Square. of October. Yes. We're doing, it's an outdoor. Where at again? It's at the Annette Strauss Square down, down in the Dallas arts district. Okay. It's at 7 30 PM. And, uh, Let me we'll check my calendar. Yeah, we'll make sure that we <laughs> please, send you an invite. Yes, we'll, we'll please advertise. Uh, just give us the whole information so that people, so that's for anybody that can yes, come? Yes, okay. That's a yes, Saturday. It, it should be it's easy. It's a Saturday. It's in the Arts District. It's in the evening. You can bring a lawn chair. It'll be an outdoor performance, but it, it'll be our Dia de los Muertos show. And, and that's the uh, Day of the Dead. Day of the Dead, yes. yes. And tickets start at $15. And you awesome. can buy them at uh, attpack.org. And then Alex can tell a little bit about uh, the theme and what we're performing. Oh, yeah. We didn't yeah. go all the way into the Day of the Dead stuff. Sorry. Yeah. Continue with that. Um, so Coco's a really good, like, jump, like, starting point for Day of the Dead. Um, I think people hear dead and they're just like, oh, my gosh, what is that? Um, but, you know, kind of really looking into the holiday, it's the responsibility of remembering where you come from mm-hmm. and remembering the people that have come before us, whether that's uh, grandparents, you know, if you're really into music, musicians, um, or, um, pets, you know, so it's, it's remembering, you know, the people that we have lost, the people that have passed on that have influenced our lives in a positive way. Yeah. I gathered from that movie that you're not truly dead until you're forgotten completely. And that's what I got from that. I think about that often now. And that's a good translation. Yeah. It's really a matter of being in a position to where, uh, in grief, you're able to remember the good times and you're, it's an oral history of your family. Like if you have a picture of a grandmother that like my grandmother, my children didn't know her, but because I'm telling stories about her or I'll have her coffee and tortilla out yeah. because and that's her life what she, matters now. And, still. Yeah. and that's how she liked it because it's kind of honoring these little components of a, giving them a glimpse as to who my grandmother was in a way that they wouldn't know otherwise. Mm-hmm. And I, I love history. Yeah. That's why all that stuff is so fascinating to me. So yeah. Alexander, do you travel a lot to go and find artists outside of the state or, or is, are you mainly stationed? So we're, we're mostly community focused. Mm-hmm. Um, we truly believe that anybody can dance. Um, given Absolutely. the opportunity. I love to dance. No. Yeah. <laughs> no, really. Every- I do have my dancing boots on today. Yeah. No. <laughs> I mean, everybody can dance if they can dance well. I mean, I think, you know, that's, objective on the artist perspective but i believe everybody can dance and and get and should have that opportunity um so this i'll show saturday, you one of my daughter's tiktoks it's i yes. can't dance. I so this dance. saturday actually we can actually see anita martinez ballet folklorico downtown 
It will be on October 30th. October 30th. October 30th. That's Halloween Eve. Is there a calendar on your website showing all your stuff? Yes. Okay. Yes. And we actually have a show coming up in the city of Capel on the 16th. It's a free show. Um, The city of Capel is doing their kaleidoscope uh, event. It's at Andy Brown Park uh, in Capel. So you could come out and see us. And we will be performing at 1230 p.m. So it'll be a good opportunity to give you a taste of what we're going to be presenting. And then uh, you can purchase your tickets to see us on the 30th. Excellent. Well, we're going to put all that information on our website and we'll have a calendar. So be sure and get all the uh, all the information to us so that we can have the calendar. So the performance on the 16th will be at the, uh, I said, a uh, community event. Yes. Okay. Yes. It's like a, a community event. Um, there's going to be other activities there, family friendly event. Um, and then we'll be part of the entertainment that day. Of the entertainment. One thing I noticed is you ha- you're very community oriented and it looks like you're everywhere. So when, let's say that uh, we want to have you perform, is there a charge for performance? Yes, we depend on public uh, support <clears throat> uh, in order to survive. Uh, COVID um, had a huge impact on our ability to, you know, keep staff. And we support uh, an international artist from Oaxaca, Mexico, so we fully support and sponsor uh, our artistic associate uh, Juan Jose Juan Jose Reyes Lopez Lopez, Lopez. and he um, and he's phenomenal. And so part of our focus is making sure that we can keep our artists um, working. And how we do that is uh, paying for shows. And your traditional Mexican folk dance and music—that is what you carry all over. That's what you really—that's your mission, correct? Yes. Is that correct? So folk dance and music from various countries in Latin America. We're going to be coming back in a few minutes and kind of talking a little bit more about all these wonderful projects and what and the ability that anybody can take the classes, correct? So we can sign yes. up, Billy, for to learn how to do the oh, ballet that folklorico. Would be awesome. See? I think we should hey, do it. Everybody extra. needs comic relief. <laughs> And this show is sponsored by Miller Title, Roberto Perez. And today we're still talking to Lisa and Alexandra from the Ballet Folklorico. Anita Martinez, Ballet Folklorico. Anita Martinez. You guys should look up Anita Martinez. She is a fascinating person to read about. You can find that on their website at anmbf.org and uh, figure out what these people are all about and and the culture and the the community that they bring to the area of West Dallas, right? That's where you're located? We're actually in Old East Dallas. Old East, okay. Yeah, the Anita Martinez Recreation Center is in West Dallas. Oh, okay. understand. So where do people take their classes at? What is the physical location? Right. So because of COVID, we brought our students back to our building, which is in Old East Dallas at 4422 Live Oak, uh, just right outside of uh, just right outside of downtown, close to the Latino Cultural Center. So uh, it's a smaller space. So we have reduced classes anyway. So it works out. Uh, Our classes were at the Anita Martinez Recreation Center for many years until COVID happened. And I think we'll... Will that change back one day? That'll change back one day when when they're back to normal So how many students did you have prior to COVID? So prior to COVID, we had, I think, over 100. Oh, wow. So our little ones, the three to five, would fill up pretty fast. So we usually had about 25 students um, per uh, three to five-year-old But it's important to start them at that age, right? Yes. Yes. Yeah, I would imagine. If I had started, I could help you, but... It's I'm never worthless. too late. Oh, it's never too it late is. to find Indeed, out your answer. I crawl under houses all the time. My knees hurt. I can well, imagine the Well, there's a dance the that, uh, you know, those skills would come in handy. It's called the iguana. 
It's the, the iguana where you act iguana. like you're an iguana. So I when can you, only you, imagine. Yeah, so you're I'm, crawling I'm around on the floor. visualizing that right now. <laughs> you're, you're crawling around the floor. I like, almost do see? that every morning anyway. There you go. Yeah, so you're you, right. you already have the muscle memory. You can yeah. do it. So yeah. the invitation is open for him to come and train. Absolutely. Exactly. Oh guest gosh, artist. Really. If we you crawl you under pier and beam houses, you can do the iguana. Iguana. Yes. It's that slight so planking. Cool. Yes. But oh, this is exciting to know all the wonderful things. One of the I, I want to talk a little bit because we only have a few minutes on this last uh, segment. Where, where can, if a parent wants to come and interview your yeah. your 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 program in your school, where do they come and how do they get that availability to do that? So, Alexandra, uh, so I love saying Alexandra is my I name too. I can tell. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, if if uh, people are looking to hire the company, we do all kinds of events. So we do quinceañeras, which is kind of our most popular ones. Well, um, we actually customize dances if they're doing a surprise dance or we can do um, an, an, our own set representing a Mexican culture. We've done graduation events. We do corporate events. Um, and so we're kind of just able to really tailor and uh, customize the program to what the client is, is looking for. But if the parents want to bring their child to be coming to the school there, to the academy. They just want to show them they what just, you're about. Oh, yeah. right? You can take them on a tour. You can do all these wonderful things. You have great references and all that information, yeah. correct? So for registration, it does end this Saturday. Um, for as far as like the tours and stuff, we're currently not doing that. Not doing that now. Yeah. But they can always, um, you know, reach out to us. They can. Uh, we're in the office uh, Tuesday through Friday. Um, and so they can always reach us at our office number, 214-828-0181, um, or visit our website. And we're more than happy to answer any questions. Um, almost all of our staff is bilingual. Um, so either English or Spanish, we're able to um, have that communication mm-hmm. with the parents. And so this is a full-time job for you guys, right? And So when you're yes. not teaching classes, what are y'all doing? We're answering emails about classes. <laughs> Who handles your 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 events? If I'm calling and I want mariachis, we can do it. We don't have to go into the into the website. We can do it directly with you. Correct? Right. Okay. Yes, we have uh, some really great uh, mariachis that we work with. We work with the mariachis Aguilas de America. Ooh, I and, like them. Um, they are phenomenal. You can see them on our website and some photos and video, and they are really great. And we work with some other local mariachis as well. How many uh, people in your office besides you and Alexandra? Do you have a big staff that runs the the uh, location? We do not have a big staff, and right now we're kind of being creative with our scheduling. Um, we have t- technically there's four staff members, but w- that does not include our instructors, and we have some volunteer staff, and we have a visiting artists as well, and so. Uh, Alex and Juan Jose um, work uh, full time and do that. Do I don't know how they're able to do it, but as a team, we're able to to get the organization up and going. And Alex does primarily most of the booking for the events to make sure Excellent. that we, we well, have staffing. You to love do what that. you do, and you have good leadership. Mm-hmm. Anita yeah. Martinez was one of the best leaders she's there extra- ever. Was. Yeah, she's yeah. extraordinary. <clears throat> yes, she's extraordinary. So if I want, so you said volunteers, that's the first time I hear you say volunteers. So what does volunteer consist in? How can somebody volunteer? 
Right. So during COVID, we don't have as many volunteers. We're just trying to be conscientious. Um, and volunteers right now are our dancers, believe it or not. Um, those dancers that mm-hmm. we would typically employ to do our in-school programming and our out-of-school programming will actually come in to uh, the office to help us return calls, make sure our costumes are are ready to go for production. And so over and above what they do in work for us, you know, they volunteer twice as many hours. Yeah, that makes sense. I remember, you know, my daughter grew up dancing and, and the veterans, they were always helpful, you know, teaching the younger kids. And, you know, I, I remember the instructors not really being involved with the, the children as much. And it was the veteran dance groups helping with that stuff. volunteering. Oh, we wouldn't be able to survive. I mean, we have dancers that will offer to pick up another dancer if, you know, if they need a ride to a show or they'll take them home from a show. And uh, last week we were we were doing three shows literally at the same time in different areas of Dallas. And so we even had parents that were serving as the the lead uh, technical person at a show they were they were the one in charge of checking in making sure all the dancers were there making sure music was uh, ready to go and a, so i mean we had the effort yeah, yeah we have parents that are doing this and you know they knew that we needed to be at different places at the same time and they're like yes we'll we'll do it we'll take the lead in that and we couldn't survive without that So they actually, I can call you direct Lisa or Alexandra and get all the bookings that I need to do. And how far for the holidays? We've got Christmas coming and and Thanksgiving. I guess you guys get booked all the way through, don't you? We are, yeah. Usually, uh, particularly for Hispanic Heritage Month, Dia de los Muertos and Cinco de Mayo, we can be booked a year in advance. So it really depends on what you're looking at. It's been interesting because in the last few weeks, you know, we'll get someone that's like, oh, I have a show this Friday. And, you know, this is a real busy time for us. Uh, we're not as busy as you know, pre-COVID, but, you know, we're we're very busy uh, typically every weekend. And I've already started getting some um, bookings for Cinco de Mayo season. So I see that I Cinco de Mayo. Is, this early on. This yeah. early on. Love it. So you're like a year ahead. So, but if for the Christmas holidays, how far we're talking about December? Are you already pretty well booked? If people wanted to, we go still ahead have and call some you? openings in we, December. Yeah, we still have some openings. Um, we do have some virtual programming that we're doing around the holidays and winter traditions with AARP mm-hmm. on our Facebook. Um, so we'll be sharing some folk tales, some videos, some arts and crafts, um, learning how to make um two different types of cuisines during that are winter traditional. So ponche and buñuelos. Ponche. You better explain what ponche is for, yeah. you know what ponche is? Do you know what ponche is, Billy? I don't think so. It's not punching you. It's I a drink. <laughs> I'm sure it sounds like a drink. Yes. Tell them, tell them what, the, what it's yeah. made of. What's in it. So um, ponche is a traditional punch that we make. It has cinnamon, guayaba, um, apples, anise. And so it's a bunch of different fruits that are like kind of. Sounds or what's that <laughs> stuff? Or, and it's not a chata. Not a chata. Uh, rice water. No. Hey. I have neighbors that make stuff with like, it looks like rose petals and I don't know. It's good though. She, she, she hooks us up all the time. I think we're going to have to take Billy on a cultural cuisine I love buñuelos. I love buñuelos. I have too much to remember. Oh yes. yes. (laughs) The buñuelos are just larger sopapillas. Sopapillas. Yeah. I think. Yeah. You know. Um, I'm going to have to go to your house to eat. Yeah. (laughs) Well, uh, Lisa Mesa, please tell us your name again, your your phone number, everything that uh, please, yes. our our um, 
audience needs to listen to so they can get in touch with you and then we'll go to Alexandra and she can tell us about her. Great. Job, yes. So, so uh, I'm Lisa Mesa. You can reach me at 214-828-0181 and please visit our website at anmbf.org in order to find out more about our performances, classes, and support. And I'm Alexandra Hernandez. Um, I'm the Artistic Director uh, you can also reach us at info at anmbf.org um, for any questions. If you'd like to discuss events, um, bookings, inquire about the mariachi, um, that is and also the email address you can use to contact us. And I found their calendar on their website. You can go to anmbf.org slash events to pull that up. One other thing that I noticed on their website is their wonderful dance. Um, their dances are kind of like a, a, two, a video where mm-hmm. you can see some beautiful costumes. Oh, so, do you have a YouTube channel, by the way? Yes, we do. That would be great Why source don't you tell to get us people what it in is. with that. Yeah. yeah, so our YouTube channel is Anita and Martinez Ballet Flocorico. Um, it is, uh, that's also the same address for our Facebook. Uh, and our Instagram, we are on as at Dallas Flocorico. At Dallas Flocorico. I want to ask you about those costumes. They're so beautiful. Do you... Buy them directly? Do the do the performers bring their own costumes? Tell, tell us about that a little bit. So all of our costumes um, are handmade. And so we had uh, the same seamstress for about 40 years and then recently uh, moved to having uh, a different artist. We have some artists out of Mexico that uh, make them. And then we have two local seamstresses that we work with. But everything is handmade. So a... a professional a what we call a mini professional who might be six years old the workmanship the craftsmanship the quality of lace and construction is the same as our professional dancers and that's artisan it's very important because when you have a six-year-old standing next to an adult professional it really helps them identify with being a part of a professional dance organization And I think that's the transformative power of dance. And what we do is that at six years old, you have this identity of I can perform at a world class stage. What can I do when I'm an adult? And and looking at your costumes, it looks like a huge expense, too. They're they're extraordinarily. I bet. Yeah. And who pays for that? We do. You pay for it. We do. The children, uh, if they're most of the children's costumes are paid for um, by parents um, so, you know, we'll work with them on doing that because they'll own the costume. Yeah. Um, but our professional costumes, um, that we use are paid for by the organization and that's where that public support and that's why we have to get charged for shows and why that's so important. And donations, for- correct? Exactly. Well, we're coming to pretty much to the end of our show with you th- this evening. So we'd like to thank you very much, Lisa, Alexandra, for being here. Before you leave, tell us again, how, you know, about the, the your Facebook page where they can find you and also invite us to come and give a tour so that Billy can do the jalapeno. I got to do it. Yeah. Yeah. What? So what? I jalapeno? Will, My daughter just texted me, said you're not the that iguana. bad of a dancer. The iguana. I'll do the iguana. It's the iguana. The iguana. Well, now we have a new one that we're going to invent one for Billy called the jalapeno now. So, <laughs> uh, but please cu- uh, catch us for free in Capel on uh, the 16th at 12.30 p.m. That's October 16th, right? October 16th, 12.30 p.m. Uh, in Capel at Annie Brown Park. 
uh, east. And then on the 30th. And then on the 30th, don't miss our Dia de los Muertos show at Annette Strauss Square in the Dallas Arts District. Tickets at attpac.org. I'm going to put that in my calendar right Alexandra? now. Alexandra? Yes. And you can also find us on Facebook at Anita Martinez Vale Flocorico, on Instagram as Dallas Flocorico. Um, and then our website again is uh, anmbf.org. Um, we have all of our events on there. Um, you can either book us through there. And then we also have, most importantly, our donate button. The donate um, button. So okay. you can uh, donate to the organization and, and support um, local community. Excellent. So that's a 501c, so you can deduct that off your taxes. That's correct. correct. <laughs> and leading up to Dia de los Muertos, another show that you could check out, it's called The Book of Life. It's also an animated series, and um, that was edited uh, here in Dallas. So it was before Coco. It was called The Book of Life. It's another animated series about Dia de los Muertos. Very good. Well, thank you again for being thank, here, thank Lisa. You, Alexandra, it was a pleasure. Please give Anita our love because she's an amazing tell Alexandra. Uh, it sends her love to her. We'll be right back. This show is brought to you by Miller Title, Roberto Perez. Welcome back to Alexandra and Friends. I'm Michael, and Miller Title, Roberto Perez <laughs> is our sponsor. Yeah. I don't have a script in front of me. <laughs> Neither do I. <laughs> so uh, I'm here this evening with Alexandra and Billy. Our prayers are still with Courtney and her mom and her family. Yes. And we are eating up this last segment with some local talk. Yes, local. let's talk local. And a little bit of out, outer space talk. Yeah. Outer space, <laughs> yes. yes. Oh, I think this is so exciting. If you just go to my news page that I read all the time, the first thing that pops up is all astronomical stuff. Really? All the outer space. Page, Billy? I just actually go to news.google.com because it, it's, it's customized to me. One. It's not even yeah. something you can see. Oh. No, no, I can show it to you. No, right. I just wanted to see if you. If I mean, I follow Elon right. Musk and Jeff Bezos and, and all those guys. I'm Richard just, Branson? Richard Branson, but yeah. But just uh-huh. think, this actor that was in a movie, The what was the name of it? Star Trek. Star, Star Trek. Trek. Imagine. Star Trek. My big, my fa- I'm a huge Trek fan. I mean, I literally watch Star Trek reruns sometimes to help me go to sleep. Mm-hmm. And I, I don't understand, but just think, <laughs> he's 90 years old, and he's now going to actually, really. Why not? But I'm just saying. He's going to be in space. In space. Yeah. Later he, this week. You know, here is a, it, this is a movie that nobody ever Not the ever first thought. actor in space either. Russia. However, launched. the oldest man ever to be in space. That too. He will yeah. be William Shatner. But did you hear Russia launched an actress and a director into space? Because they're filming a movie about an emergency medical operation on the space station. And did you hear that the United Arab Emirates is right behind them? Yeah. My goodness. Yeah. Really? Russia, yeah. China, UAE. They're all yeah. competing with us now. But. He's not a year old and he's going to go he's to going space. He's going to space. He said he's going to be weightless for about four minutes and the whole flight will last about 11 minutes. Right. And, wow. Uh, and they do have to splash down back in the ocean, right? Uh, Jeff Bezos. No, his landed on the ground with a bunch of parachutes. Really? And a I cushion. Thought, okay. I thought that they had to parachute back into the ocean. No, I remember no. watching his first flight. They landed on the ground. You can see him in his cowboy hat. Okay. And then, yeah. What, a, what an amazing thing, you know, because yeah. to me, here's the guy who was in a movie all these years. It was a show sure. yeah. about going to outer space. I right. like Richard Branson's flight because it's a it's a shuttle kind. It can land on on a runway. I think it that's, seems very cool. I like his. I would yeah. feel better going up in that. It's more one. like a space plane. That, yeah. yeah. And it launches off the back of another plane, which yeah. well, what makes me feel more like? comfortable. This is a rocket. This is a rocket. Oh, it's it a two stage rocket. Like classic stuff we've been yeah. watching since the 40s. And oh, 50s. wow. I thought it was just for some reason, uh, it was just a, like a tank goes up and down. Very, <laughs> no, know? no. It's so, a rocket launch and it, a capsule on top and it, it and drifts up into the stratosphere a little also. bit. And yeah. Yeah, yeah, these are people that paid. 
Yeah, oh, yeah. but he's still going free, right? I he's think just so. For the, the I know. Time. I probably the notoriety so. of it, but I he think. has the money. <laughs> you know, he does. Oh, oh yeah. yeah. He advertises on uh, what's the name of those hotel uh, Priceline. Priceline. <laughs> I'm just hoping by the time I retire, there will be a space hotel orbiting Earth, and I can at least spend a week up there. That would be so cool. Well, you That's can go dream. down for, I think, quite a bit of money. I'll you just can go wait until it gets cheaper. Grand I don't have to deplete, you know, most of my savings or anything. Right. But I think in 40 years, it will be significantly cheaper to tour space. I, I think it's a fact. I just, to me, it's like George Walker Bush that went up to, that would do skydiving. He did it at the age of 90. I think mm-hmm. those, yeah, yeah, that yeah. to me is you know, it's something that you will never forget. Yeah. I know a lot of people are naysayers about space exploration and the research behind it, but you know, as humans, that's what we're, that's how we're evolving. We're, Would you we're call learning it racism? Doing re- Is that what they're No, calling? a prejudice oh. maybe. But no, the allocation <laughs> of funds being directed at it. And we have a lot of problems. But, you know... People learning from this and, and the abilities, is it inspires people to do more. And that's well, nowadays in the U.S., it. it's not a lot of government dollars that's behind it. Not it's anymore. private stuff. Not yeah. anymore, no. Yeah. Especially since, uh, I guess, the last couple of years, we, it's all money from... Right, personal. so I have no problem with that kind of allocation of funds. No. If it's private or, or business, as long as you're not taking taxpayer money. <laughs> but NASA does an important job, too, I believe. Absolutely. I mean, it's important to research what they're doing. You know, they've got the, the solar probe circling, orbiting the sun all mm-hmm. the time with its cool shield As long as they're not it. trying to do studies about global warming, I'm fine with funding that. <laughs> global fine. warming. I have a joke about that. Oh, um, tell us. Wait, 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 wait. I thought that was the punchline. No, it oh. is. <laughs> here's here's my uh, here's my shut down the, the, the talk about it when people mention it. Um, mm-hmm. Well, how do you know the last ice age is it still melting? Because mm-hmm. that's a very slow process, and here we are as humans collecting data over a minuscule mm-hmm. amount of time. Um, and there's a lot of ancient civilizations that are underwater. Were they standing around blaming each other for that? Well, here's mine. Uh, in 1980, they said the world is going to be flooded because the polar ice caps are going to melt in 10 years. And then in 1990, they said that mm-hmm. the world was going to be flooded and the and polar they ice caps were going to melt in 10 years. The 90s. <laughs> and then 10 years later, nothing happened. And then 10 years later, nothing happened. And they keep saying the same thing. Yeah. I think Earth has been warming since our last ice age. I'm sure it has. Have, have you ever read the, I don't think there's anything wrong what with it. What do you warming? think happened in the 1300s with the Dark Ages? You remember? You well, know what that's about? Yeah. The right. sun output diminished dramatically and hurt a lot of ecological things. Right. Uh, the only good benefit from it was the Stradivarius violin. Well, have you ever heard <laughs> of the uh, of, of the uh, uh, Old Testament, like the Book yes. of Genesis? Well, yes. Well, just go back and look at all that. I mean, just the, the world. The world doesn't stay the same. Never, never, right, you, know? you know. So one of these days, people have got to learn about the book of Genesis. Yeah. Because now, I believe we can harm our environment. I do believe it all that. Started. It's, I, yeah. I believe we can be harmful to our environment. Absolutely. But this one degree uptick thing, I, I just can't help but wonder that. I mean, there used to be a huge blanket of ice that carved yeah. the mountain ranges on either side of America. But you don't have where to did go, that go? Billy, you don't have to go very far because if you go down to Dallas under the, I think I'm going to get in trouble, but that's okay. Under the bridges, mm-hmm. there's so much trash and stuff from the homeless people that that's, a, no, I mean, that's, yeah, that's doing something to the environment. I mean, Nobody oh, talks yeah, about found that. someone to pick on and then they want to pick on corporations to get money out of, of them. Of course. You know? But, yeah. you know, so I'm saying is. Nobody cares about that. You know, it's all the trash. I had to call the city of Farmers Bridge the other day because the trash was so bad on Webb's Chapel. And I don't understand people protesting pipelines. They are actually pretty safe. And there's a lot of other people that do more harm it's on an individual basis. It's way safer and way more envi- yeah. less environmental impact to have a pipeline so, than it is to actually absolutely. get the 
18 wheelers to bring the Absolutely same. We, we still need that oil. What's funny They're about that is. They're going to transport it a different way and those, waste all that diesel. All those protesters showing up in their converted school buses, burning diesel and, and polluting and, you know, driving their vehicles up there and protesting oil, big oil. But and a lot of those you depend on it. You, you're a well, hypocrite. We're buying it now from somebody else and they're getting yeah. rich on us. So, well, let's talk about the vaccine okay. mandates. I mean, this is really becoming, you know, Kaiser. Permanente is suspending 2,200 employees. Southwest not, is requiring it for all their employees now. And they're being suspended if they don't. Yeah, you cannot they're travel. under federal contracts that they have to honor. Amazing. Well, Kaiser Permanente is an insurance company, right? Yes. They're they're going all the way. They're just suspending. The governor in New York is, huh, you can't go anywhere if you do not have, a if you don't have vaccinated. So, right. So soon you're going to better carry your passport. And then the NLACP is coming after her, too. Because it's mostly the black, black population yeah, the black that population. is not get, uh, getting vaccinated. So they're yeah. calling her uh, policies racist. Well, I tell you, this is getting ridiculous because are they going to force you and your company to take the vaccine, Billy? No, but I already got one. Are you on your first or second? I did the second shot. Like Have you taken your flu shot yet? Two months ago. No. Have you taken your pneumonia shot? I thought COVID was flu. Are you going to get a booster? Are you going to get a booster? We'll see how it goes. I just go with the flow. Billy's so easy to get along with. Mm-hmm. He just, you know. I don't I don't create polarization. Mm-hmm. I have friends on both sides of every spectrum that exists. Mm-hmm. And I, I maintain them by not polarizing events. Because outside of those events that separate us as individuals is a lot of commonality. And oh, you that's don't true. Have to, that's true. You don't have to pick your friends based on the one or two things. Because I can find something very, I don't like about anybody. You're very right Me about too. that. And yeah. I, don't, Me too. I just don't do that. Me too. You know. Well, in Dallas, we have serious problems with the um, police department's yes. records. So. They had an employee delete um, terabytes, seven and a half terabytes of stuff. Actually, they deleted over 21 million terabytes of stuff, but they were able to recover. Um, what was it? I don't think 21 million terabytes. No, no, no. Sorry. It was around 20 and a half terabytes of data, but they there were able we to go. recover we 13 terabytes of it and seven and a half were lost permanently. Right. Yeah. The well, permanent loss is what is causing the uh, people to be let out of jail prematurely. Yeah. Well, the, the funny part about it is the district attorney was kept in the dark. He had no was idea. He? What, yes. Was he? He, he had no idea. It, uh, it, the, the district attorney was kept in the dark for months, as was the mayor. Who wants answers? So who is running the city? But was he Alexandra? Well, that's what we want to know. Who, who, What's wait, that what, is your, what is your source? Plausible deniability. See, uh, exactly. Uh, yes, but my, I don't know if I can trust any of anybody, these news sources, right. Alexandra. That's right. That's right. But the thing about Even it us. is Dallas is not run by anybody else but the city manager. City manager controls Dallas. Yeah. So that's no. the biggest issue. Is the mayor more of a... Um, Hello, figurehead. Hawaii. A figurehead, yes. an honorable yeah. role. Honorable. Kind of like Eric the emperor is, yes. of Japan kind of thing. Was. Sure, yeah. mm-hmm. And yeah. the district attorney, we should have been on top because what's going to happen to all these cases are going to have to be released. Mm-hmm. I mean, what are you going to do? So if you killed your wife, you know, this is a perfect time to go kill somebody because they're going to let you go. No, I think not now. Personally, not lose that. But if you have killed someone and they lost all their evidence, we are such a technical justice yeah. system. They can't convict you. Right. Because the evidence isn't there anymore. Yeah. Yeah. Now, physical evidence didn't get lost. We're talking about audio clips and photos. But that may be the only evidence they have for that. Yeah. Things that really build the evidence and put it together have all been gone or deleted now. Video evidence. If you had if you were caught on camera, that's gone. Do you think this is poor management or is this just somebody that I think it was sabotage from my perspective? I think 
that uh, I've become a little bit more jaded over the past uh, couple of years for obvious reasons. But um, all the people that used to be considered con- conspiracy theorists are making a lot more sense to me now for some reason. Yeah, I see and that. and um, I think that it's either sabotage or it was purposely planned um, a conspiracy by a bunch of people because this follows the pattern of other large cities letting out criminals with no bail or with, uh, yeah. I mean, if you just get, if it's a drug possession and there's no intent to sell, they let you back so off with a slap on the wrist. Is this an attack on the Dallas police then, if that's what the case is? I think it's an attack on law and order in general. Period. I think it's an attack on. So it's, it's hate against rule, police overall. The is, rule of law. The rule yeah. of law. It's and the rule of law. I want to know what would make an employee do that. Like, what is your motive? If he was money. calling in right now, I think it's money. money. Well, how if it's permanently deleted, you have no ground to, to but get the a money not, gets deposited in your account, or you get a bag full of money, and you think you someone paid him to delete it permanently? Yeah, wow, somebody did, and, and especially if you and have, if you blanket this broad spectrum of cases, the one case that was probably paying for it ooh, is overlooked. Ooh, I didn't even think about that. Well, ooh. this is you see, uh, I love Billy because he yeah. knows he's got that conspiracy feel. Uh, I'm, yeah. I'm not a conspiracy. He's not though. Oh, he's logically he's logic, very logical logic. about it. Yeah, I mean, but that you remember the shooter that was randomly shooting people at Home Depot years yes. ago? Yeah, yes. you know he was actually targeting his ex-wife. Yes, but he wanted to go around and make it look Covered like up. she was yeah. randomly yeah. selected. Well, so that's what I'm thinking. Well, very sadly, we have lost a lot of officers. We have lost Indeed. a lot of. Yes, uh, this month has been really critical for the. Uh, FBI, mm-hmm. the uh, um, sheriffs, and the police, mm-hmm. and nobody talks about it. We talk about that's the problem. We we just the rule of law has gone out the window, and it, it is sad. And, and we don't even have time to get into what happened in Austin. Oh, can we just have a show? Where we don't have any guests. Yes, we could. We could. I think that'd be great. Don't <laughs> be you fun. think so? It'd sure. be fun because I think this will bring us into a different world. Yeah. Well, All you're right. listening to Alexander and Friends 660, The Answer. Don't forget to go and check our Facebook, Alexander and Friends 660, or our website, alexandraandfriends.com, and listen and sign up for our podcast every Saturday night, 10 p.m. You can listen to our show. Do not, this evening, we are right here with our producer, Michael Clark, and Billy Tatum, Billy Tatum. with... Good night, everyone. Structure Foundation. <laughs> this show is brought to you by Miller Title, Roberto Perez. See you next week. You've been listening to Alexandra and Friends, the podcast. Reach out to us on Facebook at Alexandra and Friends or write us an email, alexandraandfriends660 at gmail.com. Be sure to mark us as one of your favorite podcasts so you never miss an episode.